This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And uh, the faithful sidekick and... (laughs) I like that. <laughs> and uh, under undergardener Frank Proctor, <laughs> along with James Patrick Dooley, who sits behind uh, all the buttons and dials and answers the phone. So his dulcet tones will be the first you hear when you call into these numbers. Here we go. In Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Uh, we haven't got any sunshine to bring your way, but in its place, theoretically speaking, the little ray of sunshine to my left. Theoretically. Here she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> theoretically speaking. <laughs> Charlie Dobbin. Good morning, Franklin Good Proctor. Good morning. Yes. It's uh, true. Hmm. No, no sun to speak of, but I did hear and see geese this morning. The geese oh. are on the move. Oh, is that right? Spring eh? must be coming. Well, yeah, if you get goosed, this, that spring is on the way. That's that's what yeah, I say. I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, so yes, yes. if I can just find my correct Oh, okay, of just while you find your correct stuff oh, there, okay. a little mantra we have here right. at the show oh, is point. call early, call often, one question per call. And if you're a first-time caller, please, when you're speaking uh, firstly with James, let him know, and uh, we'll get your mark down for... The ring. The, the bells. We'll give you the, the, your wings to the garden show, yeah. Yes, that's right. Okay, have you found all your stuff now? I think so, yes. Okay. <clears throat> okay, just a couple of things to remember and mark on the calendar. Remember, tonight is uh, Earth Hour, 8.30 to 9.30. That's right, yeah. So we got to crank everything off, mm-hmm. light a few candles, hang out, no TV. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 8.30 to 9.30. I'm going to call you to make sure. <laughs> well, I can't answer the phone. It's uh, Our phone lights up. So. Oh, you require electricity for your phone? I'll call your cell phone. So this is, um, you know, it's all about the future of the planet. Right? Yeah, it's yeah. all about thinking and, and, and what, are you what, do? what we can do. What am I going to do? I'm going to keep going with some of my announcements so that we can uh, get into some of our calls, which oh, I know well, there's okay. lots of good questions. The Burlington Hort Society General Meeting, scheduled for Wednesday, April the 9th, 7.30 p.m. Speakers Jack Kent from the Potting Shed on Quick Fixes for Your Garden. Of course, they meet at the Burlington Senior Center, 2285 New Street in Burlington. Everyone is welcome. Sunday, April 13th, you're writing this down, I'm glad to see that. Sunday, April 13th, 2 p.m., the Hamilton Burlington Rose Society is hosting a meeting at the Royal Botanical Garden Center, which is located at 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. Uh, they're in rooms three and four. The speaker is Carol Workington. 
She's a researcher from the University of Guelph, and she's going to talk about um, growing roses under lights. So it's all about extending the season with mm. your roses, I guess, starting early and, and keeping them blooming later into the season. So everyone is welcome to attend. If you're a keen rosarian, you definitely want to be there. And of course, there is no entrance fee. Agent Court Garden Club. Again, mark on your calendar, Monday, April 14th, 8 p.m., How to Attract Birds to Your Backyard is going to be presented by Paul Oliver from the Urban Nature Store. The meeting takes place at the Knox United Christian Education Education Center, 2575 Midland Avenue, Agent Court. And um, what else? Oh, right, Tuesday, April the 8th. I will be speaking at the Lakefield Horticultural Society, and uh, my topic is Beauty and the Eats. The um, Lakefield Hort Society meets at the Marshland Center. <laughs> I'm looking at this poster. So at 7.30 p.m. You know how to get there, do you? I mean, I'll figure it out while oh, I'm okay. on my way. So <laughs> bottom line is uh, Marshland Center. Yeah, it's a nice, very nice and, place. And to the folks there, make sure you have the red carpet handy and, and a nice throne for oh, her to sit on. that would on. be nice. You could come mm. and help carry my train if you like. <laughs> what a train wreck that would be. A, <laughs> oh, dear. Okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, Canada Blooms is mm-hmm. over. I'm happy yeah. to say in a lot of ways it's over it's cleaned out the Maybe direct energy we've got center time it's along all the way, gone we have callers waiting to talk to you yes. right now but uh, at some point in the show we might find out what happens to all those flowers when you strike the show that's right yeah i'd love to address that question because that is one of those questions that doesn't always get asked and doesn't always get answered appropriately and every year is a little different okay so the flowers all the plants all the trees the shrubs the roses everything went to a good home, and I'm happy to tell you who, who the recipients are. Oh, well, all right. Please do that. All right? All right? Okay. I'll hold you. I'll hold you to that. All right. Uh, as the patrolman proctor role here, I, <clears throat> I'm exerting my influence. Okay. And authority. And authority, yes. Uh, do we have to do a little exercise? We do. We do. Yes. And why are we exercising? Why? Are, well, the, good question. Spring is in the air. I'll let you answer it. Spring okay. is in the air. You want to get kickboxing, <laughs> and i got to get gardening, and we got to be in good shape to do so. <laughs> exactly. And exercise gets us ready, and, of course, pain-free exercise is the best. The reason we have pain-free exercise experience is because we both take our Sierra Sill. A very, boy, he's really going to it here. I wish we had like a punching bag for him. He could be just go. So. <laughs> what are uh, you laughing at? He is, he's really laughing. James is just about falling out of his chair. Um, so what is Sierra Cell? It's a completely natural mineral supplement taken daily. Makes a real difference on the joints. For more information, one eight seven seven joint 14 or check the web, sierrasill.ca. And you can pick up Sierra Cell at many health food stores, including Noah's Natural Foods, um, of which there are several in Toronto. S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, uh, James and Charlie, in a few short months, I say, with hope in my heart, that we'll be uh, up to Wasaga Beach to say Uh hi to Chris and go diving into the lake. Hello there, Chris. Welcome to the show. Oh, hello. Good morning. Hi, Charlie. Hi, Frank. Hi. Can you speak up for us, uh, Chris, please? Yeah, um, I have some dahlia bulbs. Mm-hmm. Well, last year I had them in uh, cardboard boxes, and um, they started white shoots. Mm-hmm. So this year I got some 
dark storage boxes, and um, now they're trying to come through the the lid of the boxes. Well, it's time. They they want to grow. <laughs> You're going to have to let them. But um, last year I left these white shoots on, but they didn't grow in the garden once I transplanted them. So what should I do this year? I would pot them up, and I would pot them up sooner than later into individual pots with potting soil. If you have grow lights, I would put them beneath the grow lights. If not, I'd get them into a sunny window. Of course, water thoroughly once, and do not water again until the soil has dried down quite a bit. Yeah, I don't have a sunny window. That's any problem. Uh, so do you have any windows at all, window ledges or places? Yeah, they're occupied by other plants. Ah, uh, right. Well, uh, I'm, like I say, even artificial light is better than no light, mm-hmm. and clearly they want to grow. I mean, that is the thing. The, the dahlia tubers, they know spring is in the air. Even though you're trying to keep them dark, they're finding some light, and they're, they're you know, totally activated by the fact that the spring is, you know, it's hard to believe, but, you know, spring is in the air. The days have gotten substantially longer, and the plants know that. Now, should I cut these white uh, sprouts off, or should I just... Well, those white sprouts will develop into stems and leaves if you leave them alone. Mm-hmm. So I would leave them alone, if you can. But, you know, it's like a potato, right? You know, when, when we sometimes have potatoes in the cupboard, and we take them out of the bag, and there's little white sprouts growing off the potato. It's the exact same thing. That's how we propagate potatoes, and same thing with dahlias. In order to grow them, and you want them flowering, you know, before August, that's why you want to get them growing now. All right, well, thanks very much. All right, thanks. Thank you for joining us on the show today. Uh, A cloudy Saturday, but uh, as I say, a little ray of sunshine coming through the uh, radio waves, as it were. And it is mild. Yeah, yeah. Whole, you know, couple of degrees above zero. That's pretty mild wow. by recent standards. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeff in Tarana. Hello and welcome to the show, Jeff. Hi. Morning. Uh, boy, I thought I was going to hear the uh, first time caller. Oh, I didn't get that little message. Yeah. I, 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 I was a quick call right after you guys started the show. I guess we missed it. But uh, I have a question. Wait, 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 wait. Get I got to get No, I got to get your bell. Wings. Here we go. There, there you go. Thank you. Welcome. Uh, um, so every year I, I've been trying to start my tomatoes inside. Mm-hmm. I put them in a sunny window, and they end up looking, uh, after a few weeks, it's like a piece of thread yeah. with, with a few leaves on it. And one of the things that drives me crazy is I, 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 I work very hard trying to do my garden. I end up going to a garden center and buying plants. Mm-hmm. but. I'd really like to be able to do it myself. And this year, I have plans for uh, lots more seedlings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know my south-facing window isn't doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. And what I want to avoid, uh, I know I, I'm not going to do, is buy one of those great big uh, grow light, uh, you know, with four-foot bulbs and this enormous thing that's going to be in my house. My plan was mm-hmm. uh, to, I have a, I've made a cold frame, mm-hmm. uh, and I figured, okay, so outside full sun should do it, but I know it's too cold to start it, so I've also bought a heater to put inside it. <laughs> Mini greenhouse, yeah. that on it. Yeah. And is that too strong? Is that enough? Uh, am I wasting my time? What's the scoop? Well, you're going to have to figure that out, because it, you're right. A cold frame is a protective device to start some of our crops earlier, not traditionally tomatoes, more of the tough uh, broccolis and peas and um, kales and cabbages 
we can get those little seedlings started and get them out into the cold frame in very cool conditions. Tomatoes, on the other hand, they want heat in a big way. And, of course, they want bright light. And you're really opposed to that big, ugly, as you referred to, that big grow light fixture. Um, you know, we have a listener in Belgium. And remember he sent yes, some photographs. Yeah. He set up a kind of a neat, it was just a box, a simple it could even just be a cardboard box, you know, sort of two foot by even one foot or smaller box. He lined it all in foil, reflective material, put his little seedlings in there and rigged up a light or lights to go over top of the seedlings. So he wasn't relying on natural light at all. Mm-hmm. He was strictly relying on just using some, some you know, those um, uh, little fluorescent, uh, you know, low energy bulbs to get that illumination. But then he bumped the illumination by, you know, using the foil around the uh, sides. And he's had great success. So, I mean, you don't have to get stuck in with that big monster, um, you know, grow light four foot thing. They also have small grow lights, just small individual spotlights. So maybe something like that could ha- help you, you know, like a, a, t- a desk light with a one of those arms that you can move it around and just use that as a supplement to your south-facing window. Because right. a south window should be a pretty bright window unless you've got, you don't have shears on that window or blinds or a building blocking the light, do you? Nope. 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 Uh, open the window wide open. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, I mean, gray days like today, no plant, no tomato plant is happy with this much light. It wants more than this. But, right. re- you know, if you remember to rotate those small seedlings, those tomatoes, you know, every two days, 180 degrees just because they'll start twisting and turning towards the light and if you could consider like I say supplementing with just a grow light spot it would probably make a big difference as well I would be hesitant to go out into even a heated cold frame with tomatoes because you're gonna you're gonna have to do a lot of monitoring it'll be too hot they'll bake too cold they'll freeze right there's real optimal conditions temperature conditions you want for tomatoes Okay, and okay. I, also I was going to start a lot of marigolds. Do they fit into some of the same category sensitivity as the tomato plant? No, they're they're much tougher plant, and they will come up quite quickly from seed. You don't, you could even wait. Like I wouldn't start those yet. I would, given the fact we're going to have such a late spring this year, and you're in Toronto, I'd probably wait till for another at least two weeks before I planted any marigold seeds indoors. Okay, uh, or you could go straight outdoors with them, but still with such a late spring, you might want to get them started indoors. Right. Okay. Hey, Jeff, keep in touch with us. Let us know how yeah. it's going. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting project. I'm going to look up uh, the, the idea of what you, you said with the box. I had seen something like that on the web. Uh-huh. I, I, but, and I, I'm, you know what? That's going to be my Saturday project. There you go. <laughs> thanks for Terrific. your call. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. All righty. Very good. Thank you very much. Uh, and we'll be along to talk to Jane in Blue Water oh. in just a moment. Uh, I think I'm going to change my regimen for exercising to get into our little uh, spot here. Uh, okay, I'm doing <laughs> right, left, my eyelids. I'm doing my eyelids now. <laughs> up, down, left, right, down, okay, up, Okay, so down. don't fall asleep there because you're putting me to sleep. Uh, <laughs> The reason Frank is doing eyelid exercises, and they are pain-free, oh, though there are no yes. joints connected to your eyelids that I know of, um, <laughs> you, um, it's all about Sierra Cell, which is a I natural... The joints that James takes me to for a row. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Speakeasies. Um, the, uh, the reason uh, Frank is doing that is because Sierra Sil, a completely natural mineral supplement, helps both of us stay pain-free and active. Yes. More information, one joint 14 or sierrasil.ca. S-I-E-R-R-A. 
S-I-L. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden here, Frank Proctor, with the phone numbers 416-360-0740 in Toronto. Anywhere else in the province, hey, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. When I look at the location of our next caller, Blue Water, I automatically think of the Blue Water Bridge at Sarnia. But uh, I think cor- Blue Water mm-hmm. is right on Lake Huron, north well, of Sarnia. Yeah, well, I think that, that could well be. Let's find out. Okay. We'll we'll talk to the owner of well, renter of that property. I don't know. We'll find out that too. <laughs> Jane, hello. Hello. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Morning. And I already said good morning to Jane. Good stuff. Um, to clarify the blue water situation, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> it's just north of Grand Bend, uh, yeah. and it's along Lake Huron. Part of it is along Lake Huron, but part of it stretches out over towards. Um, well, before you get to Stratford and Mitchell area. So yeah, so you're south of God- Godridge. Oh, well, I'm south, south of Godridge, yeah. south yep. of Bayfield, yeah. north oh, yeah. of Grand Bend. Okay, that's great. I know where you are. All right, it's welcome, Jane. in there nicely, so it's close to town but out of town. Yeah, good stuff. All okay. right, so what's going on? Well, I have a question for you. I'm, I'm an uh, eggshells, tea bags in the garden kind of a girl. Mm-hmm. And I'm very interested in knowing whether insecticidal soap is a, an environmentally friendly approach to insects. Oh, well, it, the way soap works is when you spot uh, a nasty pest and you pull out your insecticidal soap and you spray that nasty pest's little body very thoroughly so it's completely coated in the insecticidal soap, you will find that that little pest can no longer breathe because insects breathe through holes in their bodies and coated in soap, they can't breathe and they suffocate and die. So very effective at killing many insects. The trick, of course, is that you don't want to spray beneficial insects. You don't want to spray insects that are doing good things in your garden by eating some of the pests or by you know, doing some, some good work for you. So it is effective, but it's only effective when the insect is sprayed thoroughly and you've identified that this is an insect you want to annihilate. Very good. That answers my question. Okay, good. That's great. Thank you. Have Perfect. a great day. Thank and you, you too. Eva. There you go. Sometimes it's short and sweet. Well, there you are. Uh, let's see. From Mississauga, it's Eva just itching to say hi to you. Good morning, Eva. <laughs> good morning. Morning. I have a problem with my orchids. Mm-hmm. Um, it bloomed. I've got five beautiful blooms on it. But now I notice that the leaves are drooping and... Falling very limp. Okay, so how often are you watering that orchid? Oh, once a week. Once a week, whether it needs it or not. Are you feel? Can you? Do you get a sense that the plant is lighter? Like I, with orchids, you can't feel the soil because there is no soil to feel. It's all you know, bark, etc. But I do it by weight, so that if the the weight of the pot is substantially lighter than it was after I watered it, then I know it's time to water. And it's not based on the calendar. It's strictly based on how much water this plant is using. I I've noticed little. Um, I think like black flies 
flying out of it. Okay. I'm just wondering if there's any infestation there. Well, there could be an infestation of something called fungus gnats, so Uh G-N-A-T-S. If you have fungus gnats in an orchid, then you're watering it too much. It shouldn't be that wet. Oh, I see. I suggest you let it dry right down. Let it get much, much lighter. Like like I say, feel the weight of the pot, Mm -hmm. and then... You know, wait another week, feel the weight of the pot again. By drying the plant down more thoroughly, there'll be less fungus. And if there's less fungus, there's fewer fungus gnats. Because the population of insects is directly proportional to the amount of food available to them. Is there any spray I can use? No, there's no spray per se because... We're, you know, the last caller just asked us about soap as an insecticide, and of course mm. that works if you can spray the insect, but you can't spray, you're not going to run around your house trying to chase down a gnat. True. And so um, the trick with, with trying to lower again the population is to use a product I found quite successful, made by Safers. They're the same people that make Safers soap. Mm-hmm. Safers makes a product called Sticky Sticks. So sticky, just like the word sticky, and then yeah, sticks, I have those, S-T-I-X. Yeah. Yep, get those out. You will find that the little flying gnats, get, they love those little yellow okay. sticky bits of paper, and they will get stuck and die. And it's oh. the ones that are flying around that are looking for a place to lay eggs. So and you, how long do these flowers last? Which flowers? The orchid, orchid blooms. Oh, depends what kind of orchid it is and how well you look after it, but they can last for months and months and months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. But thank, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you for contacting us here yeah. at the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show. I like Under, that. Under the Gardner, Charlie Frank, Dobbin Garden Show. That's good. <laughs> Frank Proctor and James Patrick Dooley handling all the, uh, well, the important stuff of the buttons and so, so forth. He's a uh, button guy. Oh, hey, Teresa. Oh, welcome, hey. first-timer to the show. How are you? I'm fine. Now, uh, good morning, Charlie and Frank. Welcome to You're Teresa. calling from I, Palmerston, right? I enjoy right? your show every Saturday morning. Thank you. I have a sticky stuff on on the stem of my blooming orchid. Oh. And I have I've had it a year, third time it's blooming, and I got two stalks out with buds and one bud fell off. What is the sign of that? Hmm. Never saw that before. Yeah, like sticky, like... like honey, little bubbles. sappy. Okay, so what you're going to need to do is get out a magnifying glass, and you're going to have to look very closely to see what is happening there. Typically, when we get sticky nectar on the outside of a plant, any plant, it's because an insect has poked holes in the often the underside of the leaves or right into the stems, and of course, those insects like aphids, as an example, are happily absorbing all that nice nectar into their bodies. But once they've had enough, they move on and they okay. leave little microscopic holes behind and nectar continues to drip. Uh, scale insects do the same thing. Uh, even mealybugs can do the same thing. So you're going to have to look really closely and look for anything, any protubering, protuberances, you know what I mean? Like yeah. anything that doesn't belong there. Orchids should be nice and smooth and green. There should be no little bumps along the way. Unless my, my leaves are fantastic. Yeah. They are beautifully green, solid. It's just the stem where the bloom is on. Yeah, I ha- what I did yesterday or the day before, uh-huh. took a little... Uh, dish soap between my two fingers and rubbed it on there. Okay. And right now I don't see anything. 
Okay, so that's good. Remember, dish soap, it needs to be dish soap, not dish detergent. Oh. In order oh. to be a... Is there a difference? Oh, yeah. Dish oh. detergent has all these emulsifiers in it, which was a great way to break up grease. Okay. And we love that in a detergent, but it also does a really good job of not coating little bodies of insects very effectively okay. because of those emulsifiers. Okay. So soap is what you need yeah. uh, if you want to tr- use uh, this as an insect control. But certainly probably what you've done is you've given the plant a nice wash. Yeah. Of course, you've rinsed all that soap off or detergent yeah. off and given the plant a good watering at the same time. And look really closely down in the, in the very base where the leaves are coming from and below. If the leaves look great, just look really closely in under the leaves under the where leaves. there's little, you know, where the little crops crotches are, okay. you know, created where the leaves come off yeah. the stem. And that's where you may see uh, some little rotten Critters pest. or something. Yeah, yeah. some kind. I have about 12 bulbs on my two stems, like uh, yeah. blooms Great. coming out. Yeah, yeah. It sounds it's, like a happy plant. Fantastic. Well, you know what? It, it could be just fine. It could be that that stickiness came from, you know... Somebody sneezed on it. You know what I mean? Like it could be nothing to do with an insect. So, so don't panic. Maybe that I'm it's... the only one. I, I'm the only one living here. May, I had a cold three weeks ago. Maybe I sneezed. Sorry, I just made that up. <laughs> <laughs> just grasping Thank at straws. So much, and I wish you all the best on your show. Thank you very much. We need it a lot. Thank you it very much. It sounds like a really happy orchid. That's it what does. I'm saying. It could oh. be that it's got nothing to do with Tell insects. Tell me, it's not true. Uh, <laughs> let's see. We got. <laughs> Good Lord. Well, oh, it's Vic- Saturday morning. What can yeah, I say? I know, what can you say? <laughs> Victoria in Mississauga, welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good uh, morning. How are you? Great. Thank you. I'm calling about garlic bulbs that are shooting up in my fridge, and I'm wondering oh. what I should do with them. Oh, my goodness. I don't want to throw them out. Well, I think not. Um,. Okay, that's a tricky one. Here, number one, never put garlic in the fridge. Oh. The reason they're shooting up is because they're in the fridge. Oh, garlic, I never knew that. Yeah, well, that's why we plant garlic in the fall okay. in our gardens. And then winter provides the cool period, which is what your fridge has done. And yeah. come spring, the garlic shoots up. Now, it hasn't shot up yet because it's still too cold. But, you know, all the garlic is going to start popping up in the next few weeks in our gardens. Yeah. And that's why your garlic is shooting in the fridge. It's because it's saying, oh, you know, oh it must be so time to grow. what can I do with them right now? Can I put them in a pot with some potting soil and wait until it warms up and then put them outside? Um, you could, except... I mean, if you wanted to. I mean, remember the whole clove would have to be separated into the indiv- so the bulb has to be yeah. in- individual cloves. Yeah. And each of those cloves would have to be planted individually into pots. Wow. And then, because each of those will grow as a plant. Uh-huh. And if you wanted to do that, you know, you'd have six or eight pots of little garlic plants. Yeah. Then you'd have to wait. Uh, who knows how long we're going to have to wait, but it's probably at least six weeks before you could go outside. In the oh, meantime, dear. they're going to grow up as you know, little green plants. Yeah. Then you would go outside and you would plant them. Individually. And, yeah, individually. And then the theory is, is that by July, each of those little cloves will have become an actual bulb. Oh, I see. So, so right the, now I just have to like... Um, Separate them and put them in little pots yep. and wait yep. until that time, eh? And you'll go pointy end up and you'll pointy plant... Pointy ends up. That's right. And you'll plant each of those little cloves so that the little pointy end is at least an inch or an inch and a half below the surface of the soil. Okay. Okay? Okay, thank you Good luck much. with that. 
Have I, a good day. I think you were relating yeah. to that pointy end up. You're feeling a little pointy uh, yourself. That's my form-fitting hat. Pointy <laughs> end up. Yes. <laughs> yes, I just oh, got that dear. from you. Oh, the garden show here at AM 740. Now, here, here's a nice touch, I think. Yes. Uh, we're going to welcome uh, Sandra to the show uh-huh. in T.O., mm-hmm. and I think she wants to plug something that is, uh, I think, very important. So let me introduce uh, Sandra to Charlie. Oh. Sandra? Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good, Good morning. morning. Yes, I was hoping to mention about our Hosta Forum. It's actually our fourth annual for the Ontario Hosta Society. Oh, yeah. And it's being held next Sunday at the Glencairn Golf Club. Oh, wow. Yes, this is our fourth one that we've been having, and we've got guest speakers, and they are Kathy Sizon, Carol Brashear, and Olga Patrician. And if anyone has ever heard any of these people speak before, they're absolutely amazing. We are just so, so excited. Excellent. And so where exactly is the Glencairn Golf Club? Well, it's in the Halton Hills, uh-huh. which is kind of in between Mississauga, Milton, and to the north. So right. it's very accessible. Mm-hmm. And the actual address is 9807 Regional Road 25. Okay, you writing that down, Frank? Uh, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> 9807 Regional Road 5. 5. Okay, got it. Five or twenty-five? Two five. Oh, two five. Okay, and this is all part. And you're a member of the. It's, is this the international hosta, Canadian hosta, Ontario? Ontario hosta. Ontario hosta society. Wonderful, and of course, these wonderful speakers are going to be presenting some new tidbits about hostas. Well, they will, but we also have a silent auction and a oh, live auction. Yeah, it's a full day event. And Coffee, muffins, pastries in the morning, and then a full smorgasbord lunch. Oh, sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it runs from 9 to 4 o'clock. All day on hostas. It's a full, full day event. And do you have a competition going on as well? Is there a show? Uh, at this particular time, I don't believe we do have at some of our events, we have yeah. photo contests and so on. Okay. But this, with the three speakers that we have yeah. with the auctions, it's just an action-packed day. No kidding. So obviously this is an auction of some very cool hosta well, uh, samples yes, and, and specimens. We have lots of different varieties now um, that haven't really been seen, been out there. Oh, nice. So there are a lot of the new hostas that you're going to be bidding on that, that no one else pretty much has. Cool. So yeah. for the serious collector, this is the place to be. It is indeed. Yeah. It <laughs> okay. Is indeed, Charlie. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks, Sandra. Okay. Well, thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it a lot. And maybe the two of you will be able to get out. Well, you now. never know. You never know. We won't be there for nine, though. I'll be there to take a hostage we'll of a hostage. We'll yeah. Be there till four. Okay. <laughs> Thank you very okay. much. Okay. Bye. Alrighty, Sandra. Bye bye. I got a real grimace from James in that yes. last attempt at a bit of humor. Yes. Very, very little bit. <clears throat> Fiona in Port Colborne. We're going to be along to you in just a moment. We have to take a break here on the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show here at AM740. <laughs> after these words. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, stalks, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Now, uh, just before we get to uh, Fiona, uh, mm-hmm. whom I've previously mentioned, mm-hmm. you mentioned earlier in the show... Rosalian. Is that a... a Rosarian. Rosarian. Those are people who are huge fans of roses. That's right. Rose growers, rose... Uh, Yeah, exactly. Rosarian. Rosarian, yeah. Never heard that before. See what you don't learn. 
You have at learned least from a Charlie. Lot. You have learned a lot. You took home a few plants from Canada Blooms, yes, and you told me that you're keeping them alive so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Unbelievable. That's really good. I, I kill plastic plants. I know. I can't that's it. what you and I both said, and yet <laughs> here we are a full, what, week later? Yeah. And you've still and got... still alive. Uh, blooming Gerbera and blooming tulips. Yep. I think that's a good thing. Did you want? Be, I know you keep wanting to go to the to the callers, but maybe this is an optimal time to right. just tell that story. What about, happens to all those flowers from Canada blooms when you strike the show? Okay, so obviously you took home two. I did. <laughs> I didn't get them all. There was a lot more than that. Yeah. Uh, frankly, there are approximately a quarter million plants at Canada blooms. We're talking a lot of trees and shrubs and flowers, bulbs. Mm-hmm. Ivies and ferns and roses, etc. So, where did all those plants go? On the show closed last Sunday, Monday afternoon, a gang of volunteers, part of the Live Green Toronto initiative, came in, and they we had it all set up for them. They proceeded to repot and then rebox, sleeve and box and skid about seven hundred pots of flowers which then went out by Proctor Courier to Westburn Retirement Residence in Etobicoke. And each of the people who lives at Westburn was given a plant from Canada Blooms to nurture and love for themselves. So everything from a a calancho to a begonia to a Boston fern, these approximately 700 went out to that location. Um, Obviously, many many of my volunteers take home some things Mm -hmm. and many of my friends take home a few handfuls of plants. Uh, We also have two dozen trees in a greenhouse right now for the Green Living Show. So they will be kept in green leaf and looking good and come back to Toronto for a Green Living Show on April 24th. And from there, they will go to the City of Toronto into the parks. Well, that's wonderful. Yeah, Yeah, and the balance of the trees have gone to a very large uh, property up just north of, or just south of Barrie. Mm-hmm. So, again, they're being held in uh, frost-free conditions. And it's crazy. I mean, these are hardy maple trees and birch trees, but they've been forced to grow early, so they're all very tender, and they can't go, go straight outside. They need to be gently introduced to the real world once we're frost-free. So every single plant, you know, if it was a quality plant and had a chance of survival, has gone to a good home. And that's one of the things I totally, totally emphasize always every year at Canada Blooms. I think that's really commendable. Thank you. And and uh, as with your trees, I try to gently get you out into there, into <laughs> the real world, and talk to the real folks who are out, out there. Fiona from Port Colborne, yes. for instance. Good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning, Caroline. Um, I have a question here. I have a plant that's driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. I had, uh, at Christmas, I got an amaryllis, mm-hmm. and it grew beautiful, and it had Five big, beautiful flowers on it. Nice. So it died down, and I cut it off, mm-hmm. like I said to do. But the thing is, it's regrown, and it is now pretty near six feet tall. <laughs> what do I do with it? Okay, but what it's regrown is more is leaves, right? No, it's just one big stalk, just one great big uh, stalk. Really? And does it, is it a flat, like a leaf, or is it a, a no, it's, hollow? it's round. It's round like a... Well, it must, it must have a bud on the top of it. Does it have a bud? No, it just keeps growing. But what's on the tip? Nothing. The, gro- the top of it. It's just... It's just one big stalk. Huh. That's odd. And it's pretty near six feet tall. That's very odd. <laughs> I know. <laughs>
I've had them every year, but I've never had anything do this. No, exactly. Well, I mean, many of the, particularly the big amaryllis bulbs that we get back at Christmas time, many of them will put out more than one flower stalk. Sometimes they'll put as many as three stalks out. Uh-huh. So I'm just wondering if if maybe you were too quick to cut down the first flower stalk, because after it finishes flowering, it is appropriate to take off the flowers, but leave the green stem, that hollow stem, and allow the green leaves to grow. You need to allow that plant to fatten up, the bulb to fatten up, so it can bloom again the following year. Oh, and that I didn't cut it down until it had died. I completely, it was dead. Uh, yeah, the flower stem had... And, and the stem was dead also. But had green leaves emerged? No, it had nothing. Oh, interesting. Well, <laughs> what I would do is I would just keep an eye on it, keep it in the sun, water as necessary, and see what happens, because this yeah. is all too interesting. The leaves are quite wide. Like the one stem is quite wide. Yes. Like a big leaf, like a... It looks like a big palm leaf. Yeah. Well, I'm inclined to think that that's what it is. It is a leaf and that some more leaves will come eventually. Don't cut anything off. No, I won't. It it might be afraid. It saw you with scissors and so now it's, you know, just trying to go for it with that one big green, whether it's a leaf or a stalk or or even some kind of a strange amalgamation of the two. Uh, But yeah, I would, if, if you hope to have that amaryllis for next year, allow it to do its thing. Don't cut anything off. Keep it in the sun, water as required, uh, for at least an, another three or four or five months. I'm and just curious now. It's really got me wondering what, how far this thing's going to go. Well, let us know what happens there, and if you okay. can, I'd love to see a photo. I might have to cut a roof in my, or a hole <laughs> in my roof. It's getting so tall. <laughs> you need one of those spiral <laughs> staircases you can put yeah, it at the right. bottom and let it grow through the center. So, okay. All right, and I'm going to give you my email address after this so that if you can send a photograph, I would love to see that. Okay. All Bye. right. Thanks for your call, Fiona. Okay. That's hilarious. Yeah. Odd. Odd things happen. So, to send pictures of strange things. Odd things happen. (laughs) Thank you very much. (laughs) To send photos of anything to me, I would love to see them. C, first initial C, dot, Dobbin, D O B B I N, at mzmedia.com. So, C dot Dobbin at mzmedia.com. Love to get your email. And I actually have an email I would love to share if we have time today. Yeah, all right. We'll try and get to that for sure. Thank you. I love the name Molly. I really do. It's one of those old-fashioned, just great names. And we have a Molly on the line. In fact, from Etobicoke, a first-time caller. Ooh, welcome, Hello, Molly. Molly. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you very much. (laughs) You've got Um, wings. I've forgotten the question. (laughs) Um, What I want to know is, can you trim dwarf? Alberta spruce like they've really got big and bushy okay it's a great question actually (laughs) dwarf Alberta I'm glad it was a good question it is a good question dwarf Alberta spruce is something we purchase and plant because they stay small but the crazy thing is is that 30 years later they're a lot bigger than we expected now they're you know eight feet tall and six feet wide so yes you can shear dwarf Alberta spruce, but you only do it when the plant is actively growing. So that's when the new growth, those new little green, little green buds that are all going to happen on the outside surface of the plant start to open up and grow. Usually that's early to mid-June, hard to say when it'll be this year. Could be, you know, mid-June to late June this year because this this winter doesn't want to end. But you can shear at that time. However, you can't, you know, do anything radical. All you can do is shear off this year's new growth. If you go too far, you're just going to have empty stems. 
Empty oh, branches. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Because it's pretty naked in this in the interior. If you take a look. Uh, uh, yes. So it might be time just to pull it up and replace. Because remember, landscape plants are should be doing us a very good, you know, valuable favor, both financially and quality of life, aesthetically for our homes for up to 25 years. After 25 years, those plants typically aren't doing us any favors and need to be replaced. It's only the trees that are long-term on our properties. Everything else needs to be replaced every 25 years. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. You my question. Thanks for your call. Thank Goodbye. you, Molly. Thank you. All righty. And thank you for joining us here at AM740 Zoomer Radio, the Charlie Delvin Garden Show. Mm-hmm. Look, why don't we deal with that email just before we take our next break? Is that okay? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, no? no? Yeah, um, no. What we're going to do is, okay, this is a good email similar to Molly's question. This okay. is one of those questions that is coming up for a lot of people uh, and needs to be addressed sooner or later. And I think you're going to find it comes up again this spring. This is an email from uh, Susie Scott, and she talks about having a shady garden. For years and years, she planted impatience for the color they bring. So impatience is, was the number one annual flower used everywhere in shady mm-hmm. gardens. Super simple. Planted, it grows, looks great, no maintenance, uh, fills all kinds of dark corners for us and brightens them up. However, and of course she says, you probably know the rest of the story, but here it goes. Anyhow, they, the impatience just started to fail. Uh, she bought more and they failed too. She couldn't figure out what was going on to bring this all about. And of course now Susie's blaming herself and I've talked to other people who said, oh, I, I've done something wrong. Now, <clears throat> meanwhile, Susie read an article in the paper and it said that it's not her fault. And it's true. It is not your fault. When your impatience fail and they just turn to mush before your very eyes, it's not your fault. It is not a virus, as uh, Susie says here. It's a mildew or a fungus called downy mildew. Uh, you don't know that these plants have this, this fungus when you buy them and plant them, but by early July, they all collapse in the garden. So downy mildew wipes out impatience and has been a real problem mm-hmm. for the last two, three years here in Ontario. And what you're going to see is when you visit the garden centres this spring, there will not be impatience for sale because it's just a, a losing game. Wow. You're, you're going to plant them and think it's fine, and then they're going to collapse, and then you're going to go back and yell at whoever you bought them from, and it's just not a good thing. So will they ever come back? I mean... Well, they're frantically working on breeding some impatience to be resistant to downy mildew, but at this point, no. Their impatience will not be available, or if they are available, don't buy them because you're going to ultimately be disappointed. We also know that downy mildew spores stay viable in the soil for up to five years. So you're not going to wait you know, a year or two and then try yeah. again. You're going to know it's a minimum five-year wait between planting them again. So what are we going to do? We're going to use substitutions. We're going to use New Guinea impatiens. They are t- completely resistant to the downy uh-huh. mildew. So New Guinea impatiens, coleus, great in shady locations. We're going to use begonias. We're going to look for, there's some great begonias out there now too, really some really new mm-hmm. begonias. Um, we're going to be using things like fuchsia. So we're really going to be ferns, hostas, right, if you want to go perennial. We're going to look for, to fill our shady areas. Some proper substitution. Right, with yeah. something that can deal with the shade but is yeah. not going to collapse in the middle of the summer like impatience. So wow. so it was a really good question and, and I, like I say, I know it's going to come up again. So thank you, Susie, for that and I hope you're here 
hearing the answer. All righty. Okay. Charlie Dubbin has the answers, and we're going to be answering a question from Brian in Markham in just a moment. First, these words on AM740 Zoomer Radio. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And I'm the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, saying hi to Brian in Markham. How are you doing this morning, Brian? Hi. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good morning. There's some great questions today. Yeah. We're um, getting to that time of year. Yeah, I just wanted to say that for Frank, who's growing tomatoes, I grow a lot of vegetables. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe introduce a little bit of wind as well. Ah, uh, yes. Toughen up. Oh, good point. Oh, really? Yep, yep. Well, yeah. it just helps them toughen up as seedlings, as opposed to having that little fine, uh, he, he mentioned, yeah, they were really yeah. toppling so over. You actually already answered some of my question, uh, uh-huh. for shade at least. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to encourage people to grow vegetables. And one of those ways, or one of the ideas, was to mix uh, vegetables in with their ornamentals. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, what low-maintenance ornamentals do you think we go well with uh, kale and maybe some bull's blood beets? Um, okay, like, good question. Something low-maintenance that's uh, helpful, I guess. Well, okay. So, I mean, it kind of depends. I mean, when I've mixed edibles in with my ornamentals, it's usually the ornamentals that were there first. And what I've got is space between, and that's when I'll pop some herbs in between or, you know, even garlic in between or a pepper or, you know, tomatoes get huge, so you need a lot of space for those. But um, when you're mentioning you want to grow beets as an example, and what was the the other thing you mentioned? Um, So I was thinking like um, a black kale and Uh, contrasting with the red of the beets. Yeah, yeah, sounds beautiful. Uh, <clears throat> and a sunny location, for... obviously. So, yeah, location. yeah, so you're thinking what's going to look nice with red and black? And of course, um, there's from an ornamental perspective and low maintenance. And low maintenance. Uh, see, I'd be thinking about maybe some echinacea, which are low maintenance, love the sun, and obviously have their their strong points. Um, and remember as well, we we're always thinking about. Uh, designing our gardens to be pollinator-friendly. We want to support not only the bees, but all the insects that do all the pollination. So one of the ways we do that is we look for flowering plants right from as early in the spring as we possibly can, right through till as late as possible in the in the fall, right through to winter. Because with climate change, the insects are waking up or arriving at different times than they used to. So we have to really think about flowering plants right through. And echinacea is a great one because of long bloom time. Um, Achillea or yarrow, same thing. Long bloom time, July right through till end of summer. Uh, and comes in many beautiful colors, whites and pinks and yellows. Um, I'm trying to think sort of what else might be kind of nice. These are perennials I'm mentioning. There's many shrubs that will bloom, potentilla, some of the great new roses that are out there, and I'm being given the high sign to be quiet and move on because the show's just about over. But great question, and you know what? That's exactly what I'm presenting in Lakefield is the, the topic is beauty and the eats, and that's all about edibles and ornamentals in the garden. So thanks for your call, Brian. Appreciate Brilliant it. Answers. Thank you. Okay, uh, and that puts the wraps just about on the show this just morning. Just about. Wow. And what have you got going on for the rest of the day? Well, I'll be back at... Uh, Let's see, 2.30 mm-hmm. for uh, a show that <clears throat> will help those with handicaps receive refunds from the uh, government. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and then off from, let's see, 3.30 to 4, I'll be, uh, to 5 rather, I'll be on the air. And during that time, I'm going to be interviewing uh, some guys who are going to brand new uh, show, the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, tomorrow at 
uh, 9 o'clock to, through to 10. First Excellent. show. Excellent. Well, good luck with that. Thanks, Thank everybody, you. for all your great calls. Thank you, James Patrick Dooley. We'll see you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.